I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. I'm pleased to be talking with Dan Shapiro, the author of the new book, The Thin Ledge. Dan, I love the name of the book. Dan, in The Thin Ledge, you speak very frankly about caring for your wife uh, over a 15-year period. Can you tell me about your caregiving and what the biggest surprise was to you about caring for your loved one? When my wife was 40 years old, we, we, we were the same age, uh, when we were both 40 years old, she was diagnosed with a cavernous angioma, which is a collection of blood vessels <clears throat> that can occur anywhere in your body. But hers, unfortunately, uh, were found in her brain, in a part of the brain that wasn't accessible uh, surgically. And uh, the problem uh, with cavernous angiomas is that they have a tendency to bleed which is what happened to her. So she had one bleed in um, when, when she was 40, and that resulted in some relatively mild but noticeable symptoms. Um, and then two years later, uh, she had another bleed that was catastrophic and, and put her in neurointensive care for months and then in the Rehab Institute in Chicago, which is a fabulous place, the best of its kind, I think. Um, and uh, she was there for months after that before she eventually made it home. When she got home, she had suffered all sorts of impairments. So she had a difficult time with vision, some odd things that happened to her, her vision. Um, she couldn't speak very well, both because of the, the hemorrhage and because she had been intubated for a long period of time and that destroyed some of her, her uh, ability to use her vocal cords. And her, um, um, her ability to control her body was just badly compromised. So, um, and that got worse, all of it got worse sort of progressively over the, the next uh, period of uh, really a couple of decades. So during that period of time, I became um, both a caregiver to uh, my wife and a single parent to our three young children. They were 10, eight and four at the time this all started. Um, and I was still practicing law and uh, um, a partner in a Chicago law firm. Um, and so I had a lot of plate spinning. And, and that was uh, both difficult and also to some extent my salvation because I was very, very busy. And, and um, I think the nature of my relationship with my children, um, I became a much more devoted and present father. How did you handle the impact of your wife's medical, you know, Ur urgent medical condition on your young children? Well, I, I was honest with them from the beginning and throughout. I told them what was happening and I told them what was probably going to happen. And periodically I would give them sort of updates on that over the years as her condition progressed. 
And I found that as long as I was honest with them and, and compassionate, and I was there so that they didn't feel like they were, you know, at sea by themselves, um, they could manage it. They could handle it. And it was the best. They weren't surprised. And, um, and, and that is, that turned out to be uh, a good formula for us. Honest, compassionate, present. That's a good formula. Yeah. I mean, it worked in it and it was very natural. It was not a strain for me. I mean, it was tough. You asked the last question and I sort of meandered around and I didn't quite get to an answer, but what was surprising about being a caretaker um, was the, the amount of punishment that you take just emotionally. It's just very demanding. And over a period of years, I, I look, I, when I was in law school and as a lawyer, you know, you're trained to perform at a very high level on not a lot of sleep and, and be in demanding circumstances in a courtroom. And I thought I could, I, I thought there was no burden that would be too great. I thought I could manage whatever came. Um, and this outdid me ultimately. I was, I, I started to not be able to function very well. And that was surprising to me. I, that, that I didn't understand it as it was happening because it was unfamiliar. But the truth is that it's overwhelming. And I think, um, you know, for caregivers who are having the experience, I, I would say, based on my experience, for whatever it's worth, um, build in a respite for yourself and, and a refresher and an ability to be human. I'm always intrigued to find what the, the difference you, you might have felt being a male caregiver, where you found support and what you have to share with your fellow male caregivers. My first reaction is it's not a gender thing. I, I, that, that it's really a question of being lonely, um, being um, exhausted, having a shocking change in your life, losing somebody in a very real way. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if those are gender specific things. I never saw it through a gender lens, um, I, I will say that since I've written this book, I, I, one of the surprising things that has happened is that other men who have read the book, who are friends, um, approach me in a different way and on a different level. It's almost as though they have license to be more emotional and to talk about uh, softer kinds of issues and more emotional issues. Uh, and, and that that's pretty interesting. The book is very blunt and very honest and, and really is intimate in the kinds of things that I talk about. And men who read it, I am finding, I don't know that all of them, but enough of them have come back to me. Uh, it's sort of liberating for men to operate on that level and have that conversation. What do you actually hope people get from reading the book? One of the hardest parts of this <clears throat> experience has been to deal with my own mind and the choices that you have to make and uh, you're, you're reckoning with your own value system and, your, and the morality of your obligations to your loved one and, and how much you're able to fulfill those obligations and how much you just can't. And that internal dialogue is really tough. My hope is that other people who read 
this book will at least get the sense that they're not alone, that that dialogue is part of this. And it's common for people who are in this circumstance, or at least I think it is. And, and you know, if you read some of these, some of the adversity that I, I sort of describe in the book, I think maybe one would have the sense that it's okay to have those thoughts and it's okay to have that kind of difficult reckoning with your moral code and, and that that's normal, it's natural, it's human. And, and maybe this book gives people a little bit of license um, to not punish themselves for finding their mind in that place because that's, I, I think, unavoidable. Dan, one more thing. What would be the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? I think to um, give yourself the latitude to accommodate what's happening with you and um, to, to not be so demanding and so judgmental of yourself that you make the experience even harder than it already is. Dan, I'm really pleased that the Thin Ledge is part of the caregiver.com uh, book club collection. And I hope that family caregivers uh, will get a lot out of it because I know that you put a lot into it. 